Welcome to the Expert Network Team Podcast. Where our goal is to inform and educate our listeners on matters related to finance, legal, insurance, accounting, and other interests that are of personal and business nature. We hope you will find our content useful as well as entertaining. The Expert Network Team consists of Carl Frank of AI Financial, Mike Miller of Miller and Associates CPAs, Jeff Cromendike of Security First Insurance Agency, and I'm Nathan Merrill. I'm an attorney at Goodspeed and Merrill. Together, our independent team combines our expertise to provide you insights and solutions, some straightforward, some profound, for real-life opportunities we see on a daily basis. We hope you enjoy the information contained in today's podcast and find it useful. If you'd like to learn more or desire to meet with any of the Expert Network Team members in person, you can contact us at info at expertnetworkteam.com. That's I-N-F-O at expertnetworkteam.com. We encourage you to take advantage of a free consultation with any of our team members. Just mention this podcast when you schedule your appointment. Now on to today's podcast. Okay, uh, this is Jeff Cromendike. I'm one of the expert team members here of this expert team that brings podcasts to you on a regular basis. Um, this is a, a little bit of a topic that is near and dear to my heart. I um, have been in the insurance industry for um, over 26 years, and um, uh, when it comes to uh, managing risk, um, that includes all kinds of risk. Um, and today, um, in um, um, succession of uh, a podcast that uh, we did uh, just prior to this, we have uh, Karen joining us again uh, to talk specifically uh, about um, um, data, yeah, data protection and uh, best practices around um, this new world that we're living in, working from home and things like that. And um, Karen Safran is with us again from Goodspeed and Merrill. Uh, Nate is uh, not with us today. He's out in Utah doing what he does out there, having a fun time. And um, we want to just welcome you back to part two, Karen, of um, this uh, all-important topic of um, protecting your business while working remotely. So for you business owners out there, be sure to tune in, as well as those of you that might uh, work for a company that has now sent you home uh, to work from your, your home office. And that's many of us. That's most of us. And so um, what, a, what a great, great topic. We um, talked a little bit about, uh, or actually quite a bit about, um, um, just some best practices in making sure that our networks and our and our um, data is protected. And I wanted to kind of shift gears uh, in this one, Carl, to um, just have some fun with this and um, become more familiar with some of these terms, these fun terms that are out there. Um, I'm going to let Karen introduce them, but uh, uh, Carl, do you know what what phishing is? Oh my gosh, okay. I love to do it. I yeah. am a really bad fly fisher. Yeah, that's though. not the one I'm talking about. It's but different from that? It, it is different than that. I've got a lot to I, You know what? I think we better turn it right over to Karen at this <laughs> Karen, point in time. please. But let's have fun. Some what? examples maybe that you've come across and, and bring us up to speed with these 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 definitions of these new words. All right. Well, I'm, I'm great to be back. I really, really appreciate coming in and uh, talking to you guys. It's been a lot of fun last time. Um, so phishing is P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G, ah. um, not, not with a, a rod and reel, but it's a similar concept. Uh, but when I see fish spelled that way, I think of the, the Vermont jam band. Yeah, so, right. You know, so this origin? is, awesome. I, I probably having seen fish, no, <laughs> 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 no, 
But it's it's more like the real fishing where you are um, casting uh, out there to see who bites and gives you their information. So you're going after the the fisher the fisher people uh, are going after their targets by scam emails, phone, um, text messages, and they're just trying to see what they can get. So there's just general fishing, which think of it like throwing a huge net and then mm. just reeling in whatever comes in. Um, then there's something called spear phishing. And with spear phishing, it's a little bit more of a targeted attack. So they may be going after particular companies or particular types of people. Um, their messages may look like they're coming from trusted sources, uh, something like your bank or PayPal or LinkedIn. Um, if they're really clever, they make them look like they're coming from within the house. I mean, it looks mm -hmm. like it's coming from within your company. And then, and then the last, and, and you're right, Jeff, I mean, there's really fun names for something that's really not that fun. Um, it's called whaling. Wow. And when you're whaling, you're going after a CEO. And that would be a very sophisticated, targeted type attack. Um, and doing research on, on these types of attacks, and I, I kind of solicited some anecdotes. And I was told a story of a whaling attack where it was an individual who was involved in a high asset purchase. And the bad guys were actually able to get in, masquerade like the uh, seller of what was being purchased, and trick the purchaser into wiring a whole lot of money to the wrong account. Mm -hmm. And that's how you go whaling. Oh, gosh, I had that happen to one of our clients. It's a terrible story. It's yeah. exact. I mean, it's exactly yeah. what you just said. Apparently it happens more than once. I'll have to let him know that he's not alone. But he was he was um, he was buying equipment for what he sells. So he, he buys and sells uh, four wheel vehicles, and he always bought it at the beginning of the month. And so somebody hacked into his account and figured out that that's when he buys things. So that day set up a fake website with one letter different, and sent him the email that he always used to get, and he clicked on the wrong website and sent this huge like half million dollar purchase order. To the wrong company and it disappeared completely disappeared but the strange thing about this was he immediately realized it right because he it's like it's too late so he called the cops right away he called his bank right away he said no the money left already and they found like 65 grand of it in Houston the money had disappeared within hours like wow. the, whoever wow. received that huge amount of money was so good at dispersing it that he got like 65 grand back Isn't that crazy that is nuts yeah, but the, the one letter different on the email, that's a common tactic. Mm. And some of it, I think, goes to how our brains are wired. Mm. You ever see those puzzles where you see a sentence, and the first letter and the last letter of the word are in the right order, but all the letters in between are jumbled, but you can read the sentence perfectly? Uh. It's because our brains are sort of trained to look for patterns. And if you're used to seeing a certain assume. email, your brain reads what that your brain thinks it'll read, which is how I explain half of my typos, is your, your right. brain is, your mind is looking at it and thinking what it should say. And so you're not catching that you have an R and an N instead of an M or one vowel is gone. So it's really, really common in these emails and it's sort of a just double check and, they and call take it, a look. Wow, and so they can do that with anything, right? Yeah, this commonly. Like the whaling is just, I mean, often the worst person in the company is the boss with the technology, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of other things going on. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah. Easy targets, like Easy a whale. Easy targets, like a whale. Exactly. 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 Holy cow. Wow, what an amazing thing. So so be on your, and was that the website that you got to be careful about? Because it'll be in the email address, or how does that work? It really can be anywhere. Um, quite often it's in the email address. Uh, it may be in the domain name. Um, but, you know, that's that's a tell. If you see an email address that doesn't match where it says it's coming from, and I've seen that happen a lot too, um, then that, that's a tell that this is probably not legitimate. I got one yesterday from Zoom. And you know how you're doing Zoom all the time? And this one said somebody is waiting on the Zoom call for you. It was so mm -hmm. tricky. I'm like, oh, crap, I missed a Zoom call. And I was so close to clicking it. But then I looked at it, and I'm like, this website doesn't make sense. It was like, I don't know, C-O-R-P dot something. And I thought, huh. First, I don't remember the, that I had a Zoom call that I missed. And second, that doesn't really look right, so I didn't click on it. I bet you it was one of those. It, it could very well have been. I mean, that, that another, and I've gotten them too, where it looks like it's coming from a law firm, and it says, here are the documents you requested, and there's a link. And you have to stop and think about it because we're used to getting documents and downloading with a link. Um, some of it, though, you can actually sometimes hover over the link and it'll have a domain or a site that doesn't match where it says it's coming from. Um, or if you're just not sure, uh, although you still have to be careful here, you're just not sure, contact the sender, but don't respond to the email. This happened to me once. I got one of these weird emails where it had the link and I wrote back and said, hey, did you mean to send this to me? And I got a response that said, really? yes. Oh my gosh. And I looked at it and I said, this still doesn't sound legitimate. So whenever, you know, whenever your spidey sense starts tingling, listen to it. Pay attention to, to it. Because a couple of hours later, I got an email from this person who said, don't open anything you get from me. I have been hacked. You've been mm -hmm. hacked. I get those emails from a lot of people yeah. all the time saying I've been hacked. That's really scary. That must be spear phishing where the bad guy is actually bothering to take time to respond to you. Exactly. Is that what that is? Yeah, exactly. Because phishing, you said you cast a wide net. What does that even mean to cast a wide net? How, do they, how does that work? Are they gathering like a thousand emails? What, what does that mean? Yeah, they're generally issuing just emails um, that might say, you know, hey, you've won a contest, and they'll see who's going to click on the link. Um, and or you know just general hey your account has been frozen and just to see who clicks on the link as opposed to something that's may get maybe targeted to a specific type of organization got it that should be more obvious to pick out right it should be but sometimes they're hard to pick up um you know and and where they're getting harder to pick up is the, the funny word of smishing which is yeah, fish phishing but using your text okay um, and yeah, S Wait, so SMN. using text data. Use, well, texting you, texting, sending you a fake okay. text rather than rather than sending you a fake email. They're sending you a fake text. Um, so how do we get smishing out of that? <laughs> S uh, the 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 S M S oh. message. Simple message service. Oh, okay. Yes. Thank you. I'm slow learner. Thanks for connecting the dots on that for me. Yeah, Dude, no worries, that. no worries. And it's just, it's it's fun to say, too. Smishing. Smishing. So, so if I click a link in a smish, what does that even mean? Well, it's the same thing. So the, the reason that, that smishing is actually becoming a bigger problem than phishing is I think we are now also wired to think that anytime we get a text, it's urgent. Mm. Yep. And, oh, I better respond to it. And the, the, the statistics say that 98% uh, of text messages are read. 
and 45% of them are responded to, as opposed to only 20% of emails are read and 6% are, 6% are responded to. Interesting. Wow. Just think, think, of, think of your own or my, your, your personal email, not quite as much of an issue with work email because we have all sorts of filters, but how many emails you get a day that are sales office offers and solicitations for this deal from Lowe's or Best Buy or, you know, Domino's Pizza just because you once ordered something and gave them your email. So I think we're starting to just ignore those emails in general when we get them in. But if you get a text that says, this is Wells Fargo and your account has been frozen, click on this link, you're little bit more tempted to do that and if it looks on your phone or on your tablet like it actually came from a bank it's easier to trick you into giving them your account number your password and, and that kind of information um, a common one too is um, you'll get a text that confirms a subscription that you never made and then and then this is another story that somebody told me that she knew it was fake but she wanted to see what would happen so she called the number. It was, if this isn't you, call the number. So she called the number. She could tell from the sound in the background that it was some sort of these phone banks. Because she could hear all people giving the script. And she said, I, you know, what is the subscription? And he made up some magazine. And he, she said, well, I didn't order it. And he said, well, just give me your, for verification purposes, give me your credit card number, oh and gosh. I will cancel the subscription. And she knew enough because she knew it was a scam to say, well, tell me what credit card that you charged. And he, of course, couldn't do it. But what she told me is that she could hear in the background all these other operators having the same conversation with other people. And all she could think was wow. how many people are falling for this. Where are these companies or these these groups? I mean, are they, are they here in the United States or are they foreign countries? Where, I mean... How come we can't crack down on this or, or, or locate these, these things? I think they're everywhere. Really? They're everywhere and because they're very mobile. You know, you, you crack down mm -hmm. one and then they just okay. can set up shop somewhere else. Wow. No good, That's man. Interesting. So I, yeah. I've got some follow-up questions to these, but I think there's another word out there. Is vishing. That, what's this? Vishing. Vishing. All right. It's what is vishing? I Tom? have no idea. Do you have any idea? Boy, uh, you're on the edge of vishing. Okay, I, I'm tension is I'm, mounting. I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. It's, it's I have no idea. Voicemail phishing. Uh, ah, okay. And I think a lot of people are getting wise to it. You know, we get these automated uh, phone calls that are computer-generated voice, a robocall that, that mm -hmm. tells you that this is the IRS and your social security number has been frozen, um, and you're going to be arrested. Um, Man, the one I get now is auto insurance or auto warranty insurance. Yes, oh. daily. I hate that. That's that's from our company. Oh. Yeah, it's it's a real thing. It's your if fault. you would just respond. <laughs> no, you got my credit card company. You know, I don't even get yeah. it to the robocaller. So, so you get those, and then sometimes they'll be sophisticated enough where they are calling and again masquerading like they're calling from your bank and mm. want you to give information to verify your account, your bank should not be calling you. Right. So what are they so they're just trying to get you to call back. That's the vishing thing. They're just there's some sort of robot out there that's dialing all these numbers that they got from somewhere. Yeah, or if you answer and, you know, are, are 
don't hang up immediately once you realize it's a robot or you push one to get somebody because you really don't know or you're curious about this auto insurance uh, vehicle pro- protection plan. Right, it's the warranty. Your right. warranty's about to expire. Buy insurance to extend it or whatever the scam is. I right. don't get that far into it. Right. I mean, there's always people, unfortunately, who are curious mm-hmm. or actually fall for it. Um, you know, they prey on, you know, they prey on the elderly. They do. It's uh, the worst. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, people just, they think it's legitimate. They, they got a phone call. And they'll take the call. And I, you know, I keep clicking the buttons that say, don't ever call me back, spam this voicemail caller. It doesn't matter. Like a different phone number will call with the same exact message. Yeah. It'll look like it's coming from some other phone number. So I block that one, block the next one. What a nightmare. It's just the world we're living in. You got to have this technology. You can't not have it. You got to have the cell phone. Yeah. You got to have the voicemail. You got to have the texting. You got to have the email. Yeah, and I think I think some of it is generational too. Older generation is probably going to be more apt to answer the phone. Right. And then right. as you go as you go a little bit younger or um, or just a little bit more tech savvy, yeah. you get away from emailing as your main mode of communication, but then you get caught in the texting. Right. So between those three. Uh, they're doing pretty good business. And yeah. Those vulnerabilities are there. So are there any other, you said, other scams out there that maybe don't have names or fun names like we were just talking about, but what else are you aware of that that is going on that our, our listeners would, would benefit from? Well, some of the scams are things that just sort of seem too good to be true, and okay. we've seen a lot of it. There's a, there's a couple of scams that are going around the Denver uh, legal industry where we're getting... Um, clients are called potential clients and they've got a really big case and it's a really quick and easy payday and you have money paid into your trust account and then and then they want the money out of the trust account uh, and you know, lawyers who fall for this soon find that the money was never in their trust account and now they're on the hook for it mm-hmm. um, so really it's it's again common sense of any time a potential business offer comes in and it looks like it's too good to be true it's probably too good to be true, and right. just don't don't jump. No you know, don't take the yeah. bait. You're being fished. It's good. Okay, so um, I want to just shift a little bit um, from these these things, uh, and we've all had them. We've all experienced them. Even just yesterday, right, Carl? And oh, I think yeah. I I had one a couple of days ago. Um, what can we do? Uh, as you know, I wouldn't say we're victims at this point in time, but What's the best um, response to this? Like, if I get this email, is there a place I can report it, or should I send a response, or what? What? What should be done? I mean, there's always reporting to the report to the IRS, report to the police, report. You know, there's there are reports to the FBI, depending on the nature of it. Um, but that's sort of like you're reactive to it, um, and really, the the best thing that you can do is. Train yourself, train your employees, so that you recognize it when it comes in, and you're not falling victim to it. I mean, no, no system is foolproof. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some soft. There is some software out there that can detect when these look like spam attacks. Um, usually, in your your spam defenders or you know, the, those overlays, um, but really, it's just a matter of of educating yourself, training your employees. If you're in a large business, I would. Uh, recommend maybe having one person being the point person of handling the training and so that you're not having everybody running all over the place. Um, and there's things you can do like limiting the number of people who have access to sensitive information. 
So if you are hacked or if you do get these emails, you have if you only have one or two people who have the ability to transfer funds, maybe they'll hit somebody at your business, but they won't get the person that has that ability. Um, you can put in like two-step verification systems and just kind of, you know, just do what you can to, to stay ahead of the game. Um, there's, there are some programs out there um, that you can find some training programs online and unfortunately the name of one of them is escaping me at the moment um, but there are training programs that you can run um, simulations that you can run which you just have to kind of be a little bit careful so that you're not being like the Chicago Tribune and creating a, a public relations nightmare by falsely promising your employees that they're getting raises when in fact you're testing to see if they take the bait for fishing. Oops, that was too good of a fake. Yeah. yeah, and that yeah. just recently happened, correct? Yeah. Okay. And that falls into the too good to be true, but unfortunately, you know, you don't expect your employer to be lying to you when they're telling you that they're giving yeah. you a raise. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A they put a the, the neighborhood that I live in, the police office department, put in a, a set of red light cameras. And so I run through a red light camera, right? No way. Uh, can you believe it? Uh-uh. And, and I get an email that says click here to pay your fine. And I said, well, did I really run through the red light camera or did I not run through the red light camera? But it turned out to be one of these phishing scams, right? I'm so glad I didn't do it. Yeah. And apparently they, uh, these scammers can figure out when the neighborhoods put in these new red light cameras and they target everybody in the hood. It's crazy, man. It's nuts. But the, you know, the city that I live in isn't going to email everybody in the city. So how would they even know my email address? Well, moral of the story, Carl, I mean, to put it, put the responsibility back on you is don't run a red light. Be okay? a better driver. Yeah, exactly. Is that what you're That's saying? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So glad that yeah. you got Jeff to keep me as my moral compass because I would stray right. from exactly. these navigational buoys. That's right. Just just remember the rules of the road. This green means go. Yeah. Red means stop. And yellow means go very fast. Fast. That's what I That's thought right. that was the rule. <laughs> so, Karen, on on just um, talking a little bit about, you know, from a business owner's perspective, um, and what the Chicago Tribune did was, um, I mean, they had good intentions, right? I mean, they were right. trying to keep their data secure and so on and so forth and just, you know, trying to train their, their employees and so on. Uh, you know, we, we get that. We understand that. But they, the way they went about it wasn't great. Um, would you suggest that for small business owners? Um, and um, how would we go about doing that? Is there, are there companies out there that do it for us? There, there are companies. There's, there's information out on, on the web. There's training sources. Um, and, and I would do more of a training module or watching videos rather than just you know, let's send a phishing email yeah. to the okay. employees and see who we can't trust. <laughs> it's probably not good for company morale. It might not be good for company morale at all. What about a, what they call a penetration test? What is that and should we be paying for that? So my so here's what our IT guy thinks. Our IT guy thinks that you know there's so many people trying to hack into our website because we manage money, right? We're an investment management firm. Now we're not huge like these ones that advertise on TV, but he thinks we should pay a third party to try and hack our website and get into our client accounts, and and so that is not a cheap thing to do. Have you heard of that, Jeff? I, I have. Uh, we we've never considered it, it. Um, but uh, we've we've been approached by tech companies that to have, do that have, 
And and we get cyber insurance through you, through yeah. your company, through one of the companies you work with. And I think in the policy, I don't know if I get a discount, but maybe that would help me make up for the cost of that. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. I mean, it's that's a good segue too. I mean, we don't want to talk about it today because we've done other podcasts on that. But um, you know, I, I just think as a business owner, if um, you know, I I I. I know my business and I, I know our clients, I know the business that we're in, but when something like this happens, I really don't know what to do or where to go. Um, and so, Karen, what's been your experience? Are there, are there, are there companies out there like um, consulting companies or firms that, you know, kind of are, um, help you kind of in the, on the loss control side. So to, to do all these things that you've been talking about, but what about, um, um, I would just say crisis management companies. Like, yeah, what in the world do I do when this happens? Now, all of a sudden, I lost five hundred thousand dollars. Good grief! You know, and um, gosh, where do I, what do I do next? Are there other companies out there like that? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there are. Okay. I, I haven't gone into like that to have that at the fingertips. I would think that um, just start with if you have your IT provider, um, and they may be able to help steer you in that right direction. Um, you know, obviously, you can always go out on the web and see who's out there. But you know, you, you need to really any company that you're looking for, you need to vet and, and make sure that uh, you know they're not somebody who's actually out to advertise and steal your stuff. Yeah, yeah, Good. that's for sure. We we do we spend. I, I don't know what our IT budget is, but relative to everything else, it's maybe my second highest cost. We spend so yeah. much money on the defenses. Right. And we actually audit the um, the continuity plans and the disaster plans and the cybersecurity plans of the of the provider and then the providers providers like we go two layers mm -hmm. deep and some people think you need to go even three or four wow. right because if one of those companies is hacked then they could hack the company that's helping us and then hack us mm -hmm. it's terrifying yeah it is well just a, a quick plug. Uh, potentially in, in closing here, um, Carl, I can tell you that uh, the company that we've got your cyber liability data privacy um, coverage with, um, most insurance companies will provide um, a, a hotline and then also a, um, a team um, to come alongside any type of crisis that can occur. And that's part of what you pay for in your insurance. Um, in fact, um, uh, we've we've done that with uh, with we've had fi several claims filed here just in the last 12 months where these insurance companies actually just get right involved. They hire attorneys, they hire uh, investigation and forensic companies to figure out exactly what happened, what was lost, how we can re recoup it, or what we need to do to to go from there. So. Um, more goodness. on that in the you know, future uh, podcast potentially, what our responsibility is once we feel like we have breached information or been been. Um, well, that's a huge topic. I'd like love that. to learn that, and I'm sure our listeners yeah. would too. Yeah, Great absolutely. idea. Well, do you have any closing words uh, for us, Karen? Uh, we want to give you the, the last, uh, last shot here. And I want to just you know, tell our listeners that um, – Karen actually has a full, she has full-time work outside of this particular topic. So I'm not going to give any personal information. She's not looking to find a bunch of people calling her at this point in time. But if you guys have uh, any more questions, you know how to, to reach out to your expert team. Our information is available. And if we see appropriate or feel it's appropriate to put Karen in contact with you, we will check with her first and, and then connect 
connect you guys from there. So if you do have any questions, be sure to contact the expert team. But uh, I want to give Karen Karen some closing closing remarks here. I, I think I'll, I'll just pull my my last words from from Carl's. Uh, traffic misadventures <laughs> that when we are getting these emails if, if you know the the key should really be to stop look and listen I like mm, it. just let's take great. a pause and and you know not jump at any offer and let's just take the time to read the email address look at the links that might be inside and make sure that we're actually responding to something that we should be responding to Good thank word. you so much that's great advice Karen, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun. You got it. Thanks. Thank you for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed the information we shared. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share it with someone else and join us next time. If you want to meet with a member of the team, please contact us at info at expertnetworkteam.com. That's info at expertnetworkteam.com. If you have special topics you'd like to hear about, please reach out to us and let us know at the same email address. Again, that's info at expertnetworkteam.com. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We want to remind you that listening to this podcast does not establish a client professional relationship with any of the firms represented, nor does it constitute legal investment or accounting advice. And the views are those of the professionals only. Investment advisory services may be provided through ANI Financial Services, and securities may be provided through Genios Wealth Management.